fun on RTHK Radio 3 with We Are Young. Time is now 11, 10 minutes past 2 o'clock and you're listening to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Monday afternoon. Let's kickstart the week with a bit of health and fitness and I'm really delighted to welcome back on the program fitness coach Nathan Solier. Nathan, it's great to speak to you. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing well. Considering all that's going on, Noreen, I'm doing well. That's good. That's good to hear. Well, as you always say, um, health is wealth. And, and today we're talking a little bit more about uh, work-life balance, but also incorporating fitness as part of that work-life balance. And, and also perhaps, I think, work-from-home balance. <laughs> it's looking more likely. Um, but before we talk about our topic, Nathan, we've got a, a question from a listener uh, stemming from, from, from uh, last week. And I I was wondering if you could sort of uh, give it a crack and, and answer it. This question is from Sean, and uh, Sean says, "What advice can Nathan give people uh, give to people who are struggling with some of the data available on smart watches?" And uh, he gives an example of, um, for example, the calorie monitor function on iWatches uh, seems to be calibrated differently from Fitbit. Uh, so it's easy to burn three thousand on Fitbit, but the same. Activity only consumes, say, 300 on an iWatch. Um, so that's the, the first part of the question. And the second part of the question is, separately, is there any value to blood oxygen functions offered on these devices, or is it just a gimmick? I think uh, we were talking about these devices uh, at the beginning of the year, Nathan, um, when we were talking about achieving our goals and, and New Year's uh, fitness resolutions. So um, maybe the first part of the question first. Um, so different watches are calibrated differently. So how, how can we be reading uh, some of these figures? Is. Yeah, <clears throat> well, it, there is a uh, there is uh, some difference between a the Fitbit and the iWatch, and um, and the um, and then of course with with Apple, for example, is is they use a system as well as Fitbit. They use a system called now I'm just trying to get this right. It's called PPG, O Photo Plethysmography. Plasmography. <laughs> I don't know how you say that, but let's just call it PPG. PPG. It's a technology. It's a technology they use to track your heart rate. And so the Fitbit as well as the iWatch use this. But the difference between the Fitbit and the iWatch is, is that Fitbit gives you real-time measures of how many steps you do. Now, just going back to what you said about, you know, on the Fitbit, you can get up to 3,000 calories difference between uh, iWatch and 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 Fitbit, that's quite a big difference. That's massive. Let's not like ten times difference. But what what I've seen online and when I've compared the two, because I only have an iWatch, and I I do find the iWatch uh, are very accurate and accurate enough for a a recreational user. So what I mean by that is is we're all recreational users, unless you know you're training for the Olympics or something like that. In which case, um, you know, you you can get a lot more higher technology stuff, uh, which is like body media, body media core, which is a, a, another type of um, type of Fitbit. Uh, but the ones that we're using right now, the Fitbit is like the you know one of the top ones out there. The Fitbit, uh, what was the one? The Fit of Fitbit um, Sense Two and the Fitbit. Charge Five are like the top brands. The iWatch seems to be the top brand when it comes to measuring, you know, when it's on your wrist. 
And what I said before is, is when they, they use the same technology for your heart rate, it's called PPG. That's generally why you've got, when you're on your watch here, you'll see like you'll have a green light or blue light on the back of your, um, on the back of your uh, iWatch. And that is able to actually measure the, the palpitations of, um, of the veins, you know, when blood goes through it. So it's, it's accurate enough, but it's not 100% accurate. And there also is ways of being able to influence that. For example, on your iWatch, if you swing your arm backwards and forwards, then it will record, sorry, on your Fitbit, if you swing your arm backwards and forwards, it will record that as a step. Whereas on an iWatch, sometimes when you get in a car, you can actually increase the distance that you're, you know, that you're moving just by, you, you know, jumping in a car or on a bus and something. So there's a little bit of inaccuracy in there. And it will depend on which arm you also put it on as well. Oh, the most accurate that ones that is I That's so true. Um, I was yeah. once pushing the stroller and I, uh, walking around. I must have done, I don't know, 10,000 steps easily. And then it didn't register at all because my arm was just sort of stre- stretched out uh, pushing the stroller. That's right. <laughs> so they used to use um, they used to use them on the hip, you know, the the the, oh, the, the step, pedometer. The, the pedometer on your hip. Yeah. But what they were finding is, is people would, for obvious, would, would, for obvious reasons, that either forget it on their clothes and go through their wash, or they would just forget to attach it each day. So putting it in a watch made it a lot more um, uh, uh, convenient mm. for people to use. Now, you can also increase your accuracy by making sure that you are entering your BMR details on your um, on your Fitbit or your iWatch. The, the, so, so, Sean, if you are listening, just make sure that you are calibrating your Fitbit to all your BMR details, like your age, your weight, your height, on both of them, and then compare them both. There's even been some discrepancy between uh, the Fitbit on your on your wrist, and then, of course, when you upload it to your phone, there is also some discrepancies there. So... Generally, what, I, what, what I've been reading is, is that just trust your Fitbit on your arm. Don't trust the Fitbit on your phone. And there's a way that if it does, if you're finding that the syncing from your Fitbit to your phone is inaccurate, <clears throat> then there is an actual way of being able to, um, uh, to, to be able to sync it again. So you re, reboot it. And I found an article online. I don't know how you want me to send this to you, uh, Noreen, and then you can actually just post it on your, maybe your Facebook chat. Sure. Um, but the listeners out there, just just type in. Like I said, I said the question. I said, why is Fitbit not syncing with the phone? And it comes up with you know lots and lots of um, answers there for you to try out and see whether that works or not. Okay, uh, that's great, Nathan. Just very quickly, the second part of it is uh, some of these devices also offer the blood oxygen function. Um, mm. uh, uh, is it useful or is it a bit of a gimmick? Asks uh, Sean. Well, like I said before, like I said before, these things are not one hundred percent accurate. So you know, you can take them with a grain of salt. Um, I find it really. Uh, I find it difficult for them to be able to measure how much oxygen is in your blood from the exercise you're doing, but they can extrapolate a lot of these things. And I'm sure that there is some sort of, um, you know, um, artificial intelligence in the, in your Fitbit or in your iWatch that's able to do that. 
but for the sake of <clears throat> for the sake of being able to um, you know look at that sort of stuff, um, it'll be accurate enough for you. Okay, so and you know, and the more you upload that data to your phone, you will be able to see whether at, to to the accuracy of your of your um, your recording device, uh, whether it goes up or whether it goes down. I noticed that the more the more recent models, they are having things like the um, being able to measure your ECG. Um, I even noticed on one of them the Samsung watch you're actually able to measure people's body fat. Now, I've tried both of these actually on a friend's watch, and I did find that there were some inaccuracies in there between, you know, what the body fat said on the watch and what I actually am because I use a, a very um, uh, high-level um, body fat machine to be able to measure what I am right now, and it wasn't as accurate as the watch. But like I said, the, the technology is getting better and better, and the newer the, the, the device that you have – the closer it will become to being um, to being accurate. But like I said, not all of the stuff is 100% accurate. Yeah, exactly. But it, it'll just give you an idea. Right. Well, yeah. Nathan, that's terrific. Thank you so much. Uh, Sean, if you're listening, I hope uh, Nathan has answered your question. Uh, let's move on uh, very quickly to our topic of today, and that is uh, work-life balance, but also uh, incorporating exercises as part of that work-life balance. I mean, Nathan, exercise plays a big role uh, in your life and in many of our listeners' life, and it should because we should be active. Um, how can listeners... How how can our listeners or, or what advice do you have for your clients to be realistic and know that you won't have that sort of uh, the, the, the same sort of workout at home um, as you would at, at the gym? Because let's face it, gym closures um, will still be around for the for, I, I don't have a crystal ball, but I, I assume for the next couple of weeks still or, or month even if if the pandemic continues in Hong Kong. Yeah, well. Look, you know, if you are if you're struggling, first and foremost, I, I'm going to give myself a little plug here. Is is that you know, if you're really struggling to work out at the moment, like you're not being able to consistently work out on the times that you are working out, or if you're experiencing any um, uh, unnecessary aches and pains, then consider that you know we're running online classes at the moment, and they're you know based around flexibility, stability, and mobility. And as well as, you know, high intensity interval training as well. So, um, you know, so that's one aspect. But what I wanted to bring it back to <clears throat> is it's not just about exercising physically, but it's also exercising mentally as well. And I, I thought about this when you said about the balance. And, you know, that's what I'm going through right now is, is trying to find that balance between, you know, work and life. And, um, and making sure that, you know, I get everything done that I need to get done in the day and also keep myself in a positive frame of mind. So I thought I'd take you through my day and see and, and see how this resonates with the people. So that way, um, maybe you take on all of it, take on some of it, take on most of it, up to you guys. So starting with that, the first thing in the morning, every morning I do is I get up and put myself in a, in a good mood. And what I mean by that is, is I put myself in a peak state. And I have a morning ritual that I do every morning. And, you know, I've said that a few times before, um, uh, Noreen, is, is that, you know, I do the miracle morning every morning. And the miracle morning is um, I do 10 minutes of meditation. Um, I do 10 minutes of, of positive affirmations. And then I do 10 minutes of visualizations, exercise for 10 minutes. 
and then I read for 10 minutes and then I finish off journaling for 10 minutes. Now, it doesn't have to be a full hour. That's 60 minutes in total. Uh, but you but even if you do some of that, I find, you know, even as little as one minute a day puts me some puts myself in a mood that I'm ready for my day. And so the next thing I do is I plan my day. And uh, how I plan my day is, is that, um, you know, I set up the big rocks first and, and I put, you know, alarms on my phone. So that way I don't miss a meeting. I, I have a, a tendency to miss meetings, believe it or not, Noreen. Um, I, I can't. What I do on mine is, is I set two to three alarms before that meeting. Now, Very this good. Is, yes, I well, said yeah, two things. Well, yes, sounds great. But, but do you still miss my it? my wife mental because <laughs> my phone is always going off. So, you know, maybe what people can do is, is if you know you're pretty organized, is setting alarms on your phone around your meetings, around getting out of your chair to do some sort of exercise or mobility or stretching um, for lunch breaks, uh, uh, for dinner breaks. And, you know, set up a time really powerfully of how much you're going to work. Now, let's face it. Most of us who are in a, um, a nine to five job or, or a day job will work anywhere between eight and 10 hours a day. You know, those people who are like workaholics, I do recommend not, ex not, not working for more than 10 hours a day. Because, look, I'm reading a great book at the moment called 4,000 Weeks. And it's, it's basically how many weeks we have in our life between zero and 80 years old. And what I got really present to is how much work has really crept into our lives to overrun our lives. And, you know, why, why are you doing this? I mean, if, if you really love what you do, I get that. That's no problem. But there's also other aspects of your life that, you know, you, you really can enrich and take advantage of, you know, like relationships with your wife or your girlfriend or your mom and dad or your kids. Um, and, and so building these things into your day will enrich your life. I, I, and, and if you are, if, if, if you are interested about that book, it's called 4,000 weeks. And I think it's called by Mark. It's by, here we go. It's by Oliver Berkman. And it just got me present to look at it cannot be all about work. Otherwise, you'll just go insane. So plan your day. Get alarms into your into your system, into your um, uh, into your day. So that way you make time because working from home, you could work at home all day or even flip it is that you may do nothing all day. So get yourself into a, a rhythm of setting alarms for different parts of the day and have yourself some me time. Like I said, in the morning, I meditate. Um, I also read a book first thing in the morning. But you don't have to be doing this miracle morning um, like I do. You may find a different ritual that you may like to do with your morning. But make sure that you have times during the day where you have me time. One of the me times that I have is this after lunch. I'll go for a 20 to 30-minute walk after lunch just to allow my, 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 uh, my food to digest um, get some sunshine on my skin, get some fresh air to go out and, you know, walk out in the hills if, if, if you have access to that. So um, think of the things that you can do uh, that's just for you. It might be just a hobby. You know, one of the things that I got from this um, 4,000 weeks is um, um, uh, what's his name? He's a singer. Um, oh, I can't remember. He's an old crooner. But uh, what he does, 
he's been building a train set for the last 20 years oh, and wow. it's totally and away hobby. from singing songs yeah right so the the whole idea is is like find something other than work that you can do maybe it could be a jigsaw puzzle and or even a workout now just to your workout part there's lots and lots of YouTube things on on the um, uh, that you can get into to have a look at types of workouts. Um, if you want to have a look at um, at EPT's uh, YouTube channel, it's it's uh, Elite Personal Training in Hong Kong, and I've got about 35 different videos on there that you can actually use to do whether it's stretching, or whether it's um, high intensity interval training, or whether it's um, using um, you know weights or anything like that. So factor in that you have time to work out and you know you've got more time in your day now because if you are working from home you're saving time on traveling somewhere you're saving time on on um uh, of, of traveling to and from work so you do have time to be able to spend on yourself it really will come down to you um being uh diligent and working around you know your time you know it's funny in this in this 4000 weeks you know it was a prediction 20 years ago that all of this technology they were going to have was going to make more free time more recreation time to the point where we were only going to be working 4 days a week and doing around 15 hours uh, 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 uh 15 hours a week or, or working 4 days a week Wow, that, wow, that would what? be so amazing. But I feel like it's more, I mean, it, the, the lines are blurred these days. And I'm sure people working from home will be sort of checking emails, even when it's like, I don't know, 8 yeah. or 9 p.m. Um, yeah. Just because, uh, yeah, just because the lines are a bit more blurred. Yeah. And that's a really good one, Nori. Just because. <laughs> yes. For what? Just because what? So, you know, if we, what we need to, you know, what, what I want people to sort of, um, you know, uh, you know, just just have that ability to say, hey, man, I've done my my done my eight hours a day. I've done my 10 hours a day and then you're done. You know, it was quite funny how years ago, you know, back four or five hundred years ago, most people did not work as much as we did. You know, they worked around 150 days a year. So they had a lot of recreation time, a lot of leisure time in between their work. So where has where have we switched? And since I think it's since been industrialization when, you know, when we started to create these, you know, shifts and, and being able to put things together in record time, we've sped things up. And now that we've got more emails, more WhatsApps, more technology, instead of actually making our our lives leisurely or more towards recreation, or remember recreation is recreating, we have gone more and more into work. I know. So when is, it's when, crazy. When, when you stop. And apparently in the U.S. at the moment, people are quitting their jobs because they're getting so stressed out because of all the work that they're putting on. And a lot of them realizing going, you know, I don't even love my job. I don't even like my job. <laughs> so they're quitting. So if you're in a situation where you don't really love what you're doing, you don't really like your life at the moment, well, that's a great place to be because now you can actually, now you acknowledge that, now you're aware of that, now you can do something about it. And it's not like drastically quit your job. I'm not saying you should quit your job completely. What I'm saying is, is you should have um, time for yourself. 
Exactly. Well said. Well, Nathan, I'm afraid we're out of time today. This is such a great topic and so uh, eye-opening. 4,000 Weeks is a book that you recommend, and I'm sure our listeners will keep their eyes peeled. And I look forward to catching up with you next week uh, once again on The 123 Show. Stay safe out there, and we'll chat again next week. Thank you very much indeed.